Well, hello, all you Are we beautiful all? people <laughs> listen to what? the podcast. All the beautiful people listen beautiful to the podcast. People, right. yeah. uh, you've been keeping up with the... I'm sure you're all in the NBA playoffs right now, right? Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty deep into that right now. Who played last night? Uh, so last night they had Milwaukee and Miami. And then they had the Nuggets and the Wolves. I thought and Milwaukee had the... They don't have first one by, never mind, I'm lying. Nope, nope. So playoffs in NBA, they don't first or third, first seed don't have a bye. Mm-hmm. It's not like the NBA or NFL or anything. Um, and there's one other team that played. Uh, oh, Lakers and Grizzlies, that's who played. Who won that one? Uh, Grizzlies won that one. So is that one to one or two to one? Uh, one one. And then who won the Milwaukee Heat one? Uh, Milwaukee, so they're one one. A lot that's of one ones right okay. now. Okay, so pretty good even matchups then. Yeah. Um, the only two O's right now, I think, are the Sacramento Warriors and then the Nuggets and the Timberwolves. Okay. I'm pretty sure. This is about the only time I somewhat keep up with the NBA. This is when it gets fun. I don't really keep up with the NBA. I'll be here. honest. The NBA is the worst sport to watch during the regular season. Just because... Force an MLB? Dude, I'm, I'm biased just because during the regular season in the NBA, so many players take off games. And then sometimes mm-hmm. if they don't take off games, they're playing that game. But it might be like the second game of a back-to-back game, so like they're not really playing, like they're just on the floor to mm-hmm. be on the floor type of thing. Um, so that's why I don't like the NBA normally. Uh, but once playoff starts, it's pretty fun. I feel like that's been a bigger tradition with NBA is that you have just a lot of players just constantly, quote unquote, resting. Yeah, a lot. Um, and I guess this is for longevity purposes. But I've ever seen a quote like Michael Jordan had like predicted that, like in the, I think when he was like on the Wizards or something like that, mm-hmm. like in the early two thousands. That he was predicting that athletes would start resting stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, the athletes make a good argument for it. I mean, they're like, why, why am I going to go on a, the second game of a back to back, right? Which for people who don't know what that means, that means like on Monday they might play a game, and then Tuesday they might travel across the fuck across the United States and go play another game on mm-hmm. Tuesday, right? Um, and so. They're saying, like, if they're banged up on Monday, they don't want to play again on Tuesday, so they mm. just sit the game out. Rest. Um, and rest. Um, but in reality, it's like, your calves are sore from yeah. jumping, you know? Uh, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I've already been dealing with shit this morning, Kel. Oh, boy. Literal shit. Let me hear it. Oh, really? That <laughs> damn know. thing backed up. Did it again? Mm-hmm. You, so you had to snake it out? So I, went and, I just went ahead and bought one. Okay. So now we actually have one for the gym. All right. Um, but for you guys who don't know, the way the way that also we were on a septic tank system, we're not on a normal. But the same one. Yeah, it's always the same spot. Okay, okay. But dude, a, a big old clump of toilet paper got pulled out of that thing. Mm. Big old clump. Mm. And somebody ate a lot of corn. <laughs> <laughs> but the way the way the septic tank is done, so the septic tank's in front of the building mm-hmm. in that grassy part in the front. The only plumbing in the building is on the back end of the building where the bathrooms and the showers are. Okay. So the whole so the you know, when somebody flushes the toilet or uses the sinks, that water runs from the back of the building all the way down the back and then literally 90 degrees into the septic tank. So that area that you had the snake out when uh-huh. I was out from my surgery, um, everything usually gets caught in that area right there that you have to snake out. Okay. And so sure enough, it's happened again today. Now, it could be possibly the septic tank's getting full as well. Mm-hmm. Um when we say you guys are full of shit, we're meaning literally full of shit. Literally. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, the septic tank is supposed to hold... Like, I remember the first time we got it pumped. Because it was only a couple of years after the building was built. Maybe two, maybe three years. And 
the guy, what we call like Roto-Rooter, whoever the plumbing, plumbing service was. And he was like, well, how long have you been in the building? Well, that's the last time we have a pump. I'm like, well, we just got the building up and running like two or three years ago. He goes, really? He's like, usually these, these tanks usually should last like five years. And I'm like, well, we're, we're, two. we're like two <laughs> or three years in and we're already having to pump this shit out. And so it's about every two to three years we have to pump it out. So and I can't remember the exact date the last time we did it. I want to say it's been, if I had to assume about two years, if I can recall properly. Pretty close to that number. So it, it could possibly back in as well because the sub tank has to be pumped. But we'll find it soon. If it does again a third time in the next week or two, I'm probably going to have to call it out. It yeah, because that's usually an indication that um, it's, it's just too full and we got to pump that shit out. But we use, obviously we, and for some reason you have people here that like Trevor, for instance, he literally is like, I'll shit at home and really you drive here and you have to shit again as soon as I walk <laughs> in the building. He's like, it's something about this building that makes you have to Man, take shit. there's some people, I mean, I'm going to have to rat them out real quick. Like Carl, like... <laughs> Uh, there's just certain people, man, that like before each workout, they gotta go to the bathroom. Like, I, it is just, it is just, it's running its course at the right time of the day. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I guess it's a good segue to talk about nutrition stuff. Yeah, we're rolling into <laughs> nutrition from corn and all kinds of stuff. Oh, God. Um, so, maybe a little bit something different. Uh, so, we got 10 just randomized nutrition questions that we maybe have heard for in the past that. I don't want to go into like a long form podcast. I figure we'll just do a little, little bit more rapid, almost like Q and A when it comes to nutrition. If Kale thinks of anything else along the way, we'll throw it as well. We'll throw it in there, or maybe we need to go into more depth on a particular on topic. But I don't know how long this one's going to go for. It could be a twenty minute podcast. It could, could be, be an, hour. an hour podcast. We're okay. going to find out soon enough. All right. So question number one. Question number one for Coach Spell: Can you not eat enough and not lose weight? So I'm sure you've heard this one before uh-huh. where somebody's like, I don't even eat that much and I can't lose and weight. I can't lose weight. That's a very common thing that people say here or just anywhere in general, right? It's a very common thing of like you're saying you don't eat, but you maintain the weight that you have and you just can't lose any weight. And that's not true. True. Usually the case, first off, that's... Why do you think people think that? I think it has to do with the more they don't know they don't know to a degree and they're not truly comprehending the amount of consistency they have to apply to nutrition to see the results that they're after, so to speak. And more often than not, when somebody tells me that, the very first question I ask is how many calories you're eating a day? And usually the answer is I don't know. No clue. That's usually answer number one. Or they're like, well, I'll eat for some reason 1,200 calories is the number one thing. Or only 1,200 calories. And you weigh, you know, two hundred pounds. That's, the math doesn't that's, add up. The math's not adding up yeah. there. And maybe you are eating twelve hundred calories two, three days out of the week, but your other four or five days out of the week, you're oh, eating a surplus of two thousand. Right. Yeah. And it's the consistency of what you're eating. And what I always tell people, if I were to take you and kidnap you and drop you off on a stranded island for three months and then came back in three months and picked you up, you're telling me you would not be skinnier than what you are now. Yeah. Come on, Come it's on. it's you're it's physically impossible. It's it's you're not the point zero zero one percent of the population who have some type of genetic malfunction or thyroid problem to where you actually physically have a hard time actually losing weight. Yes, it you're just not being consistent enough tracking your caloric intake for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months. You're just not in a caloric deficit by the end of the day. Um, could you you know to a degree? 
deprive yourself so much of food that um, you wreck your metabolism in the process. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some things to say yes, but you're still gonna lose weight. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I seriously doubt that's your problem. You're only eating 600 calories a day for five months, yeah, and you're sitting at 180 pounds. This is not gonna happen. It's just it's just physically impossible. So yeah. I kind of like that one, like that question. It's kind of more of like just like consistency is probably like the biggest thing for that. Yeah, one. and that's always the number one thing. And not maybe not like trusting it for enough or a long amount of time. Well, I just don't think people, and that's, I guess maybe this will be discussed down the road a little bit more, but yes, I don't know if people comprehend the amount of consistency that has to be evolved in like, just even just like a one week period mm-hmm. where, you know, most people, and, it, and it's like one of these things of everything has to be accounted for where like, like for instance, I have somebody I'm working with the other day and she comes in and she's like, okay, I have to be honest. This whole time, I haven't been tracking my coffee creamer, and I have like multiple cups a day. And I tracked it one day. I was consuming five hundred calories in coffee creamer. Five hundred extra calories. Extra that calories in coffee that. creamer. Oh man! Right. So like, it's it's little things like that. Sometimes I can also trip people up. Where it's maybe, like things you like don't really think about. Like, hey, it's not that big of a deal, but it, it so, adds up and adds up and adds. Exactly up. right. Like you know, fifty calories here, hundred calories there. You know, all these things multiple times a day can add up. So if I'm adding coffee creamer in the morning or sugar. You could easily sack on a hundred calories that morning, mm-hmm. right? Most of you are like, oh, it's only hundred calories, not a big deal. Well, then maybe during between your breakfast and your lunch, you have a handful of MMs at somebody's desk. That can be an extra eighty calories right there. Then you have afterwards, you go you eat lunch, and then you have a couple of you know little chocolates, you know, little little dub chocolates, little, little chocolate squares. squares. So you have like three of those. That's extra sixty calories. You go home. Your kids have a snack. You take, you know, your kids like, leave a little snack on your, on the table afterwards. You, you, a few you bites of that, right? That's an extra hundred calories, right? I mean, you could easily stack on three, four hundred calories in a day yeah. without really even realizing that, right? Even liquid calories. Let's say maybe you're going to Starbucks in the morning and you're getting this coffee with this whip and things of that nature, right? That's you, know, you can get hundreds of calories that yeah. way, right? That people are not considering, and, and or sauces, right? I'm, I'm plowing the ketchup all over, or barbecue sauce, or whatever it may be. Those things also add calories. And I know it maybe seems like, well, that's just a lot like to keep track of. Well, I mean, shit in one hand and wish in the other, see which one fills up faster. Yeah. I'm not telling that you have to, but then you can't come back and say, well, I'm not losing weight and I don't why know why. Why is it not working? Right, I'm just, I'm just giving the solution. If you don't, maybe don't like the answer that solution, well, I don't know what to tell you otherwise. Because if you keep doing the same thing that you're doing, you're gonna get the same result. You gotta change something. and. Usually, it's keeping more of a mindful eye of the calories that you are consuming on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, I hit that. I one. feel like you got that one pretty good. So, going on to number two is eating carbs before bed. Bad. I feel like this is like one of those big, big questions. So it's like more of like a, a bro science yeah. question. Whereas you know, and I even remember when I kind of first started kind of getting into to fitness that was like a more popular thing is like you know you can't eat cars past like six o'clock because yeah, I always heard eight p.m. It's always I six always four eight, eight yeah. ten whatever yeah. that number is and it's like there's a magical number on the clock that that know, stops your metabolism. If you <laughs> eat cards past this certain time of the hour, it's all going to go to body yeah. fat, right? Belly fat, and obviously it's a bunch of bullshit. Even just logically thinking about it, like that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like eating past cars past a certain time, like would be 6 p.m., 8 p.m., doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And the argument was, you know, carbohydrates are your main energy source, and you're eating carbohydrates 
before bed and you're going to be sleeping and all that energy is going to be stored away as fat mm-hmm. because of it. Because you're not doing anything. You're just sleeping, right? Exactly. And on the surface, I guess that does make sense in that argument. But your body can doesn't store excess carbohydrate as fat per se. Now, obviously, if you consume more calories in the way of, like, let's say you're expending X amount of calories a day and you consume more than that, that will be stored as fat. Now, I could eat nothing but protein and that could be stored as fat. But I could eat nothing but fat and that'd be stored as fat. Yeah. It's just that the excess of anything is going to be stored away as fat. When it comes to carbohydrates in general, most of the time it's going to be stored as glucose, whether it be in the liver or the muscle cell. So especially if you're like a morning workout person, mm-hmm. it's, it's probably more crucial that you have carbohydrates later in the day. Like so in the morning, you have the extra glycogen in the morning to work out and fuel your workouts and have the intensity in your workouts. Because let's say, for instance, I work out at 5.45 in the morning and maybe I have some carbs you know, in the morning at lunch. And then let's say from 3 o'clock on, I really have a pretty low-carb diet throughout the rest of the day. I'm probably going to start to feel like shit in my morning workouts because mm-hmm. my glycogen stores are kind of depleted and I don't replenish them until post-workout again. And so now if you're more of an afternoon person, I would probably say you still want to have some post-workout carbs again just for the recovery process afterwards. So even, even, even eating carbohydrates again, the, like say maybe your last meal of the night is dinner and that's your post-workout meal – it's still fine to have even carbohydrates then. I would say the only people who maybe were say, okay, like you guys could get by with not eating as many carbohydrates. If you're more like a middle of the day workout person, so say if you're a nooner, you could maybe get away with like backing off on your carbs later in the afternoon and then starting your morning off Putting back with some carbohydrates again. Yeah. I think that's only that group of people would maybe say, okay, maybe you guys could go with a little bit more windling down on the carbohydrate consumption. But even so, you could still keep an even spread throughout the day. So let's say maybe I'm taking in 200 grams of carbohydrates and I could spread that out evenly throughout the day. And it's still going to be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It's just now you're getting to more like in the weeds of like nutrition timing. And at like being kind of like triage and like pyramid it out, like is nutrition timing like extremely important? No, it's probably going to give you an extra 5% boost or like that. But it's, until you take care of like the 90% of the other stuff, it's really kind of... So like that's kind of more of something you would... Like let's not even worry about that until like we get the basics down. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. it's so far like further in the game. It's it's kind of like saying, you know, somebody who can't squat properly, you're going to teach them how to squat snatch. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, you could probably work on some other things to make your snatch better before you actually, you know, actually work on squat snatching. Let's actually work on your squat mechanics and your mobility first. And that will automatically just improve your snatch alone. It almost sounds just kind of like straight up common sense to me. To be honest, it, it is kind of like I mean, but, if you're gonna work out in the morning, like it's okay to have carbs like for your supper, like right before bed. Then like you know, like I don't know, it feels kind of basic to me on that one. Well, we're, and it's gotten better probably last couple of years, but there for the longest time, carbohydrates were still deemed like the they're coming around. I feel like right now, and it's kind of transitioning out of that. I think almost degree. It's almost like maybe we're gonna transition to like proteins, the enemy, mm-hmm. kind of a little bit. Um, but you don't hear it as often, but there's still a little bit of residual kind of question about carbohydrates and how carbohydrates can be bad. And obviously, the, the reason why it gets demonized so much is because most of your processed food is very carb-dense. And you hear or you see the articles about how refined sugar and carbohydrates are what are making people fat. 
and on the surface that is true, but if you're eating a whole food diet and like mainly eating much carbohydrates through fruit and vegetables alone, your carbohydrates intake is probably going to be in check, right? Yeah. Like eating, you know, a hundred to maybe even up to 300 grams of carbohydrates is still perfectly healthily normal. Like it's when people are eating in the excess of like five, 600, 700 grams of carbohydrates That's a day. Going down, right? Yeah, because I mean, you're eating so much of excess of food in general. It's more because of the fact that most of that, most of those processed foods that have such a carbohydrate um, intense or a higher volume of carbohydrates in those foods are so bad because they're highly palatable and very calorically dense. So you, you rack up on calories very, very quickly. And honestly, because of that, you gain a lot of weight and there comes a lot of health problems because of that. Right, it's very straightforward, but then carbohydrates are what get the, the bad name, the bad rap because of that fact. And that's yeah. not necessarily true. You still need carbohydrates. I think people think it's like all the carbohydrates are no carbohydrates. And it's like, well, I mean, you need a balance there. All the macronutrients, yeah, all the macronutrients are important. We just got to make sure we're doing it in appropriate amounts that your caloric intake is in check. And there are some body types, and I think we've probably talked about this before. There are some body types that maybe operate or just better to carbohydrates than others like usually the case being if you're naturally you know maybe a, a lankier person like myself or like lacy or somebody of that nature naturally people can tolerate those carbohydrates a little bit better compared to somebody who has more like a stockier frame who naturally has a bigger build in general then those people usually don't operate as well in a higher carbohydrate. They usually do better in like more of a moderate to lower carbohydrate. But even so, it's not like keto low. It's not like we're only consuming like 40, 30 grams of carbohydrates. You can still, for most males, could probably stay between 100 to 200 grams and still be at a lower to moderate carbohydrate consumption. You know, and obviously a little bit less for women, but roughly. But no, but all in all, I mean, obviously eating carbohydrates before bed, it's not the worst case. All right, we like that. All right, so we're moving on, going on to protein now. So can you eat too much protein? So that's another one that you probably heard before. It's like yeah. you, only can, you can only digest so much protein at one sitting. You know what I immediately think of when I think about when I read that question was Madeline. Oh, God. Madeline. Her eating like 300 grams <laughs> yes. or what she said. Um, so there is like a small slither of truth to that. There isn't like – it's like you can only consume like 30 grams or you can only consume like – you, you can assume up to 60 grams, right? There's not like an exact formulation or number to it per se. Um, it's obviously a very individualized number depending on the size of you and things of that nature, right? If I take somebody who is a 300-pound man compared to somebody who's a 120-pound woman, they can there probably tolerate different amounts of protein yeah. at one time. And so the thing is, is think of it this way. If I had, let's say I'm trying to eat 200 grams of protein, it's probably best if I spread it out throughout the day compared to eating 200 grams at one time. Yeah. Because of the fact you want protein synthesis throughout the day, think of it like a, um, like a cup with a small hole in the bottom of it. And the faster I fill that cup up with water, only so much is going to come out the bottom. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I got to make sure I'm still filling that cup out throughout the day, but if I fill it too quickly, yeah, it's going to overspill. And it's not that, the protein doesn't go to way to like fat or something like that. It just won't be utilized as, as well as it could be, mm -hmm. right? For just protein synthesis and muscle breakdown and repair and things of like that. So ideally, yeah, we want to keep protein pretty spread evenly throughout the day. It's the best objective right now. That could be if I'm eating 
150 grams, I could do that over three meals and still be perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. It's not that me eating three meals at 50 grams each meal or doing five meals at 30 grams, one being way better than the other, right? There's still going to be optimal. What I'm going to say here is like on the extreme scale. So I'm only eating like two meals. I'm eating like 100 grams at each meal. Okay, you're probably not optimizing as best as you what could you do? compared to if I broke it down to like even just three meals or four or five. That probably you probably be a little bit easier. And plus, eating high amounts of protein at one time is very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, eating 100 grams of protein at one sitting—that's probably definitely the hardest thing to do at one time. That would be really tough. Yeah. And so, once again, it's this kind of common sense where ideally keep it pretty evenly spread throughout your day. That way, you're, you stay satiated throughout the day and full, and you keep that protein synthesis pretty even keel throughout the day. You might have some peaks and valleys throughout your day where maybe one meal you have 50 grams, maybe one meal is only 15 grams. But you're still eating your required amounts of one gram roughly per pound of body weight and protein. So you're just trying to trickle it in throughout the day, right? Yeah, I mean, keep it, try to keep it pretty evenly spread. Like, I mean, ideally, you want protein for a much even meal. You might have one snack and meal, like maybe you're on your drive on the way home and that you don't consume protein as like a snack. No big deal. But the four other meals, you're consuming 40 grams at each one of those individual meals, and you're still getting in your, you know, your 100, what's that, six, or was it 40 high use, so 160 grams in your daily base and that's your protein goal. You know what I'm saying? So it just really depends on what you want. Like you could also, if you need to do like a protein powder to help supplement with some of that, that's perfectly fine as well. So what would be the mecca? The mecca would be like whole foods, obviously? I mean, whole foods always gonna be your better option. If you can get that through an animal source of protein, that's always gonna be your best bet. Compared to, um, you know, protein powder, it's not gonna be quite as like a complete protein source. It's not gonna have the amino acid profile like a actual meat source would. Mm So, and also the, the, the micronutrients you're going to get from meat is going to be at a higher rate compared to a whey protein powder or whatever protein powder you're going to choose. So that's the majority of your, I would probably say like 70 to 90% of your consumed protein a day should come from a whole food. If you need a supplement in that because of lifestyle, right, where maybe they're either I don't have time to sit down and have another meal or I just don't have the appetite to eat more protein, then supplementing with a protein powder is still perfectly fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so number four is fruit bad because of sugar. I feel like we've had that conversation a little bit. Yeah, and you still hear that. I heard that the other day where you know people will have that comment like, "Well, I don't. I thought eating fruits bad because of the sugar." I feel like every family member in my whole family thinks that. Like that fruits bad for <laughs> yeah. you. And the thing is, so like the first the first thing is, and it never fails. Is like those. That's the person that's also going to come in with a coke in their hand. For sure, hundred percent. You know, it's just like okay. <laughs> let's figure out what we're what we're doing here. And I seriously doubt the epidemic of obesity and health problems that we have in the United States has to do with people eating too much fruit, too many bananas. Come on, man, <laughs> fuck. And so, and also the, the fruit that you're consuming from a, a, a like an you know let's see let's use a banana for example or like candy it's not the same type of fruit. There's different types of like or different types of sugar, sorry, that you're consuming like a fructose or glucose and things of that nature. It's not going to digest the same way like pure sugar will in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like because I was listen, looking, listening to this and looking into this the other day is like your, your colon will also absorb a lot of the, the, the fructose you get from fruit anyway. So like the, I forgot how many grams of it absorbs from, from the colon anyways from fruit alone. It doesn't do that with like other uh, That's like kind of cool. Other sugary types of foods and things of that nature. And also the, the micronutrients you're getting uh, is obviously a lot more indicative of health compared to like eating 
sugar in the way of like candy or ice like cream or something like that. And, and ultimately at the end of the day, like everything that you eat in a carbohydrate consumption is going to turn to some type of like glucose form anyways from a carbohydrate. And once again, going back to like that discussion we just had a little while ago with carbohydrates as like being quote unquote bad, with fruit, you're getting in such a big quantity of food from fruit that doesn't really yield a whole lot of calories. Mm-hmm. And so your health markers are going to improve so much more compared to the, because of the fact that you're eating better quality of food and the, it really comes down to most of your health problems come to body composition problems. Yeah. And that usually obviously means maintaining a healthy body fat percentage and body weight more often than not. It's where most health markers come into play. And so if I'm able to consume a higher amount of quality and quantity of food that keeps me full or longer, I'm, with a calorie deficit, awesome health markers are going to improve. So in short, obviously fruit is not going to be the problem the way to, go. to 99% of people's problems to their health problems. It's, not, it's eating too much fruit. I guarantee you that. What you looking at over there? Dog, I'm just going to ruin everybody's day. I'm pretty sure I just saw the first love bug of the year. No shit. I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive, so don't trust me on that, but... It's all going down. It's always going to happen. <laughs> all right, what we got next? Number five is how do you know the amount of calories to lose body fat is number five. Okay, so basically the question being, if I want to lose weight, how many calories should I take? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the, That's the, kind of like the, the yeah. base of it. Yeah. Um, and there's a shitload of different ways you can go about uh, figuring this out. I find the most simplistic form is if you just take your body weight, multiply it by 12, will put you roughly into a calorie deficit. Okay. Hypothetically. Doesn't mean it's 100% accurate. The only true way is you could use that number, for instance. So let's say you take y'all's body weight at 100. Like 85, multiply that by 12. Let's say that number comes out to 2,200 calories, hypothetically, let's say that number is. Is from there, you would have to consistently eat 2,200 calories, let's say, say you do it over a two-week period, you would monitor your body weight on a daily basis and then see how your weight trends over a week's period of time to ultimately determine. And obviously, you keep everything the same way, exercise regimen, things of that nature. You're not changing that up or anything. And that will ultimately determine if you're in a calorie deficit or not. If you're losing right. weight over the week or two, right? Mm-hmm. So just that's an easy form to go by. If you... Once again, going back to kind of the, one of the first questions is, in fact, if I'm not losing weight, I'm not in a calorie deficit. The, mm-hmm. the body weight times 12 isn't like the number. It's like 100% accurate. But it's a good place to start. It gets you in the ballpark, yeah. right? And so and for some people, that might be around money. For some people, that might be a little bit over, a little bit under. It's, it's, it's a good ballpark figure for you to kind of figure out. And it never fails that somebody's going to do that and be like, shit, that's a lot of calories. There's yeah. still too many calories. <laughs> I ain't going to lose weight on that. Well, I guarantee you're probably eating more than that currently, right or you wouldn't be at the weight that you're currently at. Once again, you're not tracking things on a regular basis. You're going to a basketball game and you're eating nachos on a Thursday night. Things of that nature that you're not considering like on a regular basis. Like those are the things basis. that like probably like slip through the cracks. It's like like you're going to like a baseball practice or like you're going to like a football game or like something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And your and your kids want some candy, right? And you get some sour patch straws and you're sitting there eating the sour patch straws while you're watching this baseball practice. For sure, it's. And it, I'm not like demonizing, but like it does get, it does wear on me personally as a coach is when people will tell me that. And it's like, that's, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, no, that's not true. And, and, and you know, no fault to that person. 
they don't understand how consistently that they're being. And I'm just trying to open up people's eyes to understand that everything, everything that you're yeah. consuming is going to count. And you have to be mindful of that across the board. And once again, it kind of goes back to the, you got you to change something to get a result that you want. And you got to put your adult hat on and say, I'm going to be a big girl today or big boy today. And I got to start taking control of what the fuck I'm putting in my mouth on a regular basis and start understanding that and ultimately determine how much do I want it or do I not want it. And it's okay if you're like, ah, it's, it's too much work for me and it's not quite worth it to me, then that's fine. But you can't bitch about what you're getting from it yeah. as well. And that's all I'm trying to say. No, I feel like that makes sense. I feel like, like don't wish for something you don't actually want to put the work in for. Right? And as simple as that. I mean, it's, and it's okay if you don't want to do it. Like, I'm not judging one way or the other. I'm just, based off what you're telling me, that I'm just giving you the, the answer that you're going to need to hear. No, I feel like that's pretty solid, man. Um, so number six, we're going to go for can you gain muscle and lose fat at the same time? I feel like that's everybody's dream. That's what everybody <laughs> wants, right? Yes. Um, it's a, that one's more like a depends question. I would say for definitely the newbie, more than likely that's going to be the case, right? Because mm-hmm. let's say you take somebody who hasn't worked out in a long time and they start incorporating a regimen. Let's say they start coming to our gym. They start incorporating cardiovascular conditioning training on a regular basis. They're lifting weights on a regular basis. And maybe they're somewhat mindful of, of their nutrition. Yeah, they're, they're probably going to gain some skeletal muscle mass and lose body fat because of the fact of how untrained they are. Mm-hmm. Now, as you get further down the fitness journey, that becomes more difficult to a degree. Yeah. And usually, and it's not that you can't. As you, Let's say, you know, even you or anybody who's, let's say, five plus years into their fitness journey. Is it possible for those people to still gain muscle and lose body fat? Yeah, it's, a, it's still a possibility. But obviously some builders have to, was that, I'm sorry? So you, like, you have to be like that much more strict the farther you get, right? Well, that's what I'm kind of getting at. It's like you have to now pull a lever, whether it be providing more workout intensity or maybe more workout volume, or obviously you're, you're changing your nutrition rapidly at one time, or maybe a little bit of both, mm-hmm. right? Now, that's probably going to be the, the two things you're going to need to go after to do both those at the same time. Now, if you're somebody who's like on a really advanced stage where like you are very meticulous and you already have a high amount of volume of training, things of that nature, then you kind of get into that point in time where you're like, well, now you're going to have to kind of decide which one you want more. Yeah. Do we want to go through that of maintenance mode of muscle and lose body fat, or we're going to go to the maintenance of keeping body fat and trying to gain muscle? And now we go to calorie deficit or calorie surplus. So but that's only usually when you're at a very advanced stage in health and fitness where you're working out five, six days a week at a very high intensity, pretty good amount of volume in a week, and you're very dialed into your nutrition already as it is. You then from there would have to determine based off goals that you want, how you're going to dictate your training and your nutrition based off those goals. Okay. So it is a so the answer is yes, it's a possibility. It depends on what stage you are in training. And then I would say most people kind of maybe fall in that middle ground where like they've been training for a few years now and the only lever you have to pull at this point in time is either I have to start showing up to the gym more consistently and start getting in more intense workouts. So I'm going to start adding more weights. I'm being very intentional about my workouts and writing a whole lot of intensity to those workouts and or I'm now being very meticulous with my nutrition and using that lever as well to, uh, you know, help aid in my body. Move that needles. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. And... So what are we going for? Number seven right now. So should your diet 
have rules slash limitations? So I would say to a degree, I feel like this is like a yes and no. Yeah, it's a yes and no kind of answer. I would say like, if you're gonna maybe put a gun in my head, it's funny, it's like, do you have to have some type of nutrition restrictions to lose weight? And I guess at the blanket statement, I guess, yeah, obviously there has to be some type of restriction, whether it be caloric restriction of some kind, right? To ultimately lose weight. Mm -hmm. So I guess ultimately the answer is yes. But the thing is with what this nutrition thing is, the, the good thing about, or the fun thing about nutrition is you ultimately get to set the rules that you want. Mm -hmm. There is no blanket way to do this thing, right? I think some people want the blanket statement, right? That's why like these certain diet fabs really get um, popular because people are like, oh, this, this is the thing that I always need, right? And these have these certain rules to the nutrition program and things of that nature. And for some people, that's it works really well for them. For some people, not so much. But... The good thing about, like I said, is you get to set the rules of this game. Yeah, like it's super customizable. Yeah, I feel like for nutrition, and that's why intermittent fasting somewhat is popular as well. Is because it's simplistic in the way the rule of you kind of set the, the standards on how you want to restrict meal timing, right? So let's say you're going to go on a 12-hour fast every single day, where from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. I can't eat, right? Mm -hmm. Or let's say, or you're going to not eat till past noon. Your window is from like noon to 6 p.m. every single day, and that's your that's your window to eat every single day. Very simplistic, All, and ultimately what you're doing is you're restricting the amount of time that you can eat, which you're more than likely not gonna consume as many calories because of it, right? You're, very, you're setting very simple parameters in that way. Is But there's nothing magical other than that. So I, I do think to a degree, I think most people would benefit making some type of guidelines and rules for themselves. But the thing is like, you're in control of that and you get to set the rules. Yeah. And there's not, it's not that one is better than the other. Like if you want to set a rule of Monday through Friday, no sugar, right? I can't have anything sugary Monday through Friday as one of my general rules, then that's fine. You can set that as a standard, right? Or you can't have alcohol. The only day you can have alcohol is on Saturday night and you can have a max of three drinks on Saturday. Okay. Those are fine. But you have, I the think setting like that, I think, I think setting some type of rules to a degree is good. Now I'm not a big fan of like, Elimination completely. Or if you're like, I'm not drinking alcohol forever, never, like never ever, never ever. Uh, it's probably that's not realistic. Maybe so, maybe not. It's just it just depends on how passionate you are about restricting that one individual yeah. thing. But I do think coming up with a game plan and making one to maybe three nutritional rules that you live by that you can abide by, I think is a really not necessarily a it's a probably a good idea for most people. Uh, but the thing is, like I said, it's, it's all left up to you in the game that you want to play. Um, whether it be um, limiting how much sugar you consume Monday through Friday or the weekends, or you're limiting how many times a week you can eat out. Like, hey, I'm limiting, I'm limiting myself to two two times a week I can eat out, nothing more than that. That's my restriction. That's my that's my rule. And that's fine, too. Um, you know, you can also set the rules of, like, I have to eat 800 grams of fruit and vegetables every single day, mm -hmm. my, even Monday through Sunday. You know, all these different things. It's... All those are fine rules to lay on stuff, but I do think they are beneficial for most people. But like I said, there's no the game is not set. You get to make the rules to that on the game. I like that. I like that answer. And I like that question. So going for number eight, is it true or is it harder to lose weight as you age? So this is obviously, I'm sure you've heard this before. It's even like a family member where they say, Man, I wish I was twenty five again. I remember mm -hmm. I could just lose weight, no problem at twenty five. Now I'm fifty five and it just ain't the same no more. 
That's always a general thing. And, um, and there's like maybe like a small slither of tooth there where obviously hormonally wise, like, um, like testosterone levels aren't as high when you're in your fifties or your forties compared to when they're twenties. Maybe you're and technically by like scientific, maybe your metabolism isn't quite on the same That's level high. as it is when it was, when you're 20, as it is when you're 50, there are some small slither troops, but with that being said, I like that butt right there. <laughs> It it 99% of the problem has to do with your lifestyle looks a hell of a lot different at 50 than it does at 20. And you're not near, probably nearly as active as you were 30 years ago. When you're, th- when you're 20, you're blowing and going at all points of time. Mm-hmm. You're up moving around, you're doing things, you're playing sports, you're hanging out with buddies, you're going out and doing things, things of that nature. You're constantly on the go. And more than not, you're kind of freaking broke at that time as well and you're probably not spending money on a whole lot of food and things of that nature and so as you age more often than not you get more complacent as you get older so you're more than welcome like maybe at 20 you had an active job where you're out moving around doing things you're walking you're, you're doing things of that nature now that you're 50 you've moved up to the corporate ladder and you're sitting behind a desk all day mm-hmm. right that alone is a humongous difference in energy Right, and just like your your normal hobbies that you do on a regular basis, if you normally go out to the buddies and you guys are playing football or baseball every weekend or um, going outside and doing things, and you're on the weekends now, you're kind of sitting down watching TV or you're yeah. sitting down mowing grass like on some of our lawnmower, and most of your hobbies are more of a stagnant hobby now. Less dramatically difference in, in what you're doing, and so yeah, you it's harder for you now to lose weight is because the fact you're not nearly as active and the calories you now have to consume. Or a lot less than what you did back in the day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is tougher, but it has to do more with the fact that your lifestyle is completely different than it was back then. Not necessarily the fact that your body is a lot. All right, we got a phone call. So we're going in part we're, two. So, but anyways, um, but yeah, simple answer is it's not necessarily that your age is really your biggest difference. It's, it's more just that your lifestyle is very dramatically different than it was thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. It's really simple. It's more the simple answer to that. I think it's a pretty good answer. Um, so going to the last two questions, number nine is going to be, what's the most optimal diet? What is the best bang for your bang diet? So obviously, once again, said most people probably know my answer to this. I'm not the biggest fan of quote unquote, like people will tell me like, oh, I'm doing this particular diet. Um, because more often than not, how many times have you heard somebody get on a diet? Biggest thing is, let me rewind for a second, is when somebody tells you they're on a diet, like this keto diet or whatever, put the name to it, that you ask them a year from now if they're still on that diet, 99% of the time they're probably going to say no, right? And like once again, going back to like the rules and parameters thing, could you possibly um, get on one of these diets and... uh, you know, have these rules and restrictions and you see a lot of success from that and you be able to maintain that forever, yeah, there's a good chance of it. But a lot of times there, a lot of these diets are how like elimination diets where you're either not eating carbohydrates or doing these different things. And that's probably not a sustainable approach either. Um, I do think there are some better than others. Like I think like the whole, is it like the whole 30, I think is a pretty good little whole diet. Whole 30? Yeah, where basically you have, it kind of says for 30 days, you have to eat nothing but whole food. You're not allowed to have these other things. And things uh, like sugar and, and alcohol. And I think that's a good jump start. If you can maintain even 89% of the, like a whole 30 challenge, you're pretty damn good and set, you know, on a nutritionally wise on a good base. 
Um, and they had some other ones that aren't dramatically bad, but uh, I, I think for the most part, we've, we've, I feel like I've said this 100,000 times, is if you can take the very simplistic nutrition rules of eating protein every single diet, drinking water every single diet, having a fruit or vegetable every single diet, you know, you're 90%, 80% of the way there. And, you know, with the different level systems that I talked about as well in the group, then you start tracking the amount of volume of that that you're eating, like making sure you're getting enough protein, um, you're eating in a, in a calorie, you're either maintenance or deficit or surplus food, what your goals are. And most of those foods are coming from a whole food diet. It's not overly complex, mm-hmm. guys. It's, it's, it's a relatively simple equation. But um, as a society, we always want to make it out to be way more complex than what it really is when it's really not. Um, it really just comes down to how consistent you can be, um, you know, Monday through Sunday. And that's pretty simple from that. So your answer is pretty much how consistent you can be with your proteins, fats, and carbs is kind of what and you calories, yeah. Nature, yeah, for the most okay. part. All right. And then last but not least, how consistent kind of ties into that question a little bit. How consistent do you have to be with your nutrition? And obviously that's a very broad question. Yeah. And the answer would be more so it depends, depending on what your goals are. And we kind of talked about that earlier and kind of referenced that earlier. Is depends on how extreme you want to take things. Yeah. Um, like you want six-pack abs or if you just want to be healthy, right? Exactly. It's two totally different things. Like you kind of have, um, you know, when I come, when I come, and I really had this conversation earlier with, with Amber, is you have these kind of these three paths you can go down when it comes to nutrition and nutrition, like how you're going to form your nutrition plan. And one is like aesthetic based, like just solely based off dropping body fat or building muscle. One is performance based. Like I just want to go in there and like PR my list and have the best workout times that I can available and just general health. Like I really don't care about having six pack abs. I really don't care about how well performance. I'm going to be generally healthy. And all three of those tracks go in the same path for a good little while. And at some point in time, they kind of deviate from each other to a degree based off what you want. And, you know, let's say for instance, your general answer is, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm generally just want to be healthy. Well, based off that, we need to have excellent skeletal muscle mass and we need to be a certain body fat percentage. 35% being very important to that. And so for males, that's anywhere from 20 to 10% or 10 to 20% body fat. And for females, 18 to 28% body fat being the general range that you want to fall into. And all my, all I ever want from anybody, I'm like, that's at least the bare minimum of what I want you to be at. That's like base level, ground level. Yeah. That's where we need to be. Yeah. That's as a general health standpoint, I need your body fat percentages in a healthy range. Anything thereafter is complete laying out. Right. And even for me to reach a healthy body fat percentage, depending on where you are currently in your nutrition life cycle might be more sacrificed than others for some people. If somebody's sitting at currently 15% body fat as a male and they've maintained that for years and years and years and they work out on a general regular basis and they're maintaining roughly a 15% body fat and they eat somewhat nutritionally okay, like they, you know, they eat some protein, they have some fruit and vegetables here, but they, they go out to eat probably four or five times a week. They eat it probably every other day. Um, you know, they, if they want to eat this or that, they do that. There's not a whole lot of planning going on. Uh, then that's perfectly fine. They still can live a pretty good, healthy lifestyle that way. Um, but if they want to come to me and say, okay, I really want to get six pack abs. I really, I really got, summer's coming here now. I want to take my shirt off and I want to feel a lot more confident in what I look currently in a bathing suit. 
Okay, well that's gonna involve you probably getting closer to like a 10th percentile range, so dropping like roughly 5% body fat, give or take a little bit. Now that's gonna involve a little bit more on the extreme side of things. A little more commitment, right? A lot more commitment, a lot more meal prepping, things of that nature. And there's nothing wrong with either one of those. It just depends on what lever he wants to pull and how extreme he wants to take it. So obviously, him being at 15% body fat, the consistency level of his nutrition doesn't have to be extremely high, mm-hmm. right? He can probably fall between like 50 to 70% somewhat consistently like eating protein, uh, you know, eating in a, in a calorie maintenance level, uh, only eating out a handful of times a week, but he's not meal prepping consistently, things of that nature, and he can maintain that. But for him to pull that down to like a 10% body fat, that's going to involve him meal prepping every single week. That's going to be involving him tracking his caloric intake. That's going to be him restricting the amount of times that he's eating out. So instead of eating out five times a week, maybe he's consistently now eating only once or twice a week. Uh, he's working out five, six times. A, he's working out five times a week, maybe six times a week on a consistent basis, every an hour every single day with a lot of intensity and a lot of volume. And he's doing that six out of seven days out of the week. Yeah. Right. For him to hit those single digit body fat. Now, compared to, to the 15%, that's kind of like the, the difference in consistency there. And that's what I kind of mean by like, it really depends on how extreme you want to take it. Now, the other side of that coin to a degree is once he gets that 10 percentile range, let's say he's achieved his goal and he's got a six pack abs and he, and he feels pretty good there, is once he's hit that goal, he can kind of slide out of being maybe quite as consistent with yeah. it. Maybe he drops that down for me. Like oh, he's yeah. at 100% full blown for like 12 weeks and he gets, gets the job done right. He could pull that down to like 85, 90% of what he was doing before and probably maintain pretty damn close to where he was. Pretty, pretty good. Maybe he takes right. like one step back. Maybe he puts on like a percent body fat, but then he can hold that, right? At like 89% of the effort that he did before because he's done that work now. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a lot easier to you maintain, work, right? yeah, maintain and sustain than it is to get to that point. Yeah. And I think that's also uh, a little bit of misconception as well is that people think one of two things is they're once they get there that they have to maintain that same like hardcore consistency and like that level of commitment. And you can backtrack some. Doesn't mean you completely let go because that's the other thing I was going to say. About the other two is the other two things is. People will lose the weight, hit the goal, and then resort back to what what they were at fifteen percent body fat, and then yeah. what happens, and that's when you see the weight that's come when back you start on. Seeing everything yeah, happen. and you see the weight come back on very quickly, and they or they gain more weight, and things of that nature. And so it's 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 having the mindset like, look, if I can grip my teeth for eight to twelve weeks and really go hard at this thing, I, I can see some light in the tunnel. I can somewhat kind of backtrack out a little bit, and may, like I said, maybe lose a little bit of ground. But I'm, I'm within arm's distance of, of what my main goal was, right? And I can live a little bit more of a balanced lifestyle where maybe I'm eating out maybe three times a week and so only you know, once a week, yeah. right? I'm, I'm maybe I can eat a little bit more calories now and things of that. Have a little nature. bit more freedom. I have a little right. bit more freedom. I can, I, mean, I can live that quote-unquote balanced lifestyle of like living a life but also living a healthy lifestyle and being confident in the way I look. Because to a degree, if I'm dieting down and trying to lose body fat – there is a small slither of like unsustainability to that. Does it mean that you go back like it's unsustainable all together where I'm not, I can't do any of the stuff. I'm going back to old habits that I had that had me at like 15, 20% body fat. 
but there is a little bit of unsustainability up there to a degree where it's like, I'm kind of getting uncomfortable. Like this is a lot of work and it's kind of getting tough. But I know at the, you know, I'm 2% or 1% away from my body fat. Then, then I know at the end of that, okay, I can kind of like backtrack a little and be okay. Okay. And maintain most of that. So I think it's a little bit of a misconception as well when it comes to people dieting and getting to a certain goal weight is that they have to maintain all that work they were doing. Well, in reality, you can, it's really not that yeah. hard to do so. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it's not, I'm not saying it's not hard. You still got to maintain that shit. Mm-hmm. But so anything else you want to add there, Carol? Or that, or that I actually kind of like this one. I like, I like asking the questions. Ask questions. Fun, okay. Right? <laughs> uh, any, any, any added bonuses or are we good? <clears throat> I'm going to say we're good. All right, cool deal. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, that was your 10 question. I won't, I won't necessarily call it rapid fire, but uh, something like that. Q&A, I guess, style uh, nutrition question. So if you guys got any more, let us know, and hopefully you guys got some insight, and we'll talk to you guys next time. See you.